The Pleasure Project with Donna Scogland, day 45. I noticed how most of the time when we set a goal or we decide on something we want, our brain often goes to worst case scenario. And this is an evolutionary trait because we have evolved to look for danger, look for threats, look for potential problems so that we can avoid them. However, in modern day, this doesn't really serve us, and we don't give enough time to best case scenario, and we need to do both. I think that sometimes it is actually valuable, and this is called defensive pessimism, to think about what could go wrong and to actually strategize in advance what we will do when obstacles arise that we think that will arise. So that way we're not kind of sidelined when things come up and we haven't actually thought through how we're gonna deal with them. That being said, I think that we need to put way more effort and energy and attention on best case scenario and what we do want. And that's the journaling that I did this morning as I move into a new phase. I allowed myself to just go into what if it is even better that I can than I can imagine. And of course, initially my brain went to like, what if, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if all, you know, the past recreates itself? Like what if all the same problems arise? And then I, I really had to make my brain look for the opposite. And this is how we can start to change what we're focusing on, how we're feeling and ultimately what we create. So I have put together 10 steps for manifesting the best case scenario, the thing that you really want for creating your desired result. So the first step is just being super clear of what is that best case scenario. Can you even think about in your wildest dreams, what do you want? And I think sometimes we're scared to think about that because of the fear that we won't get it. So we don't even allow ourselves to dream. But I think that there is no harm in allowing yourself to want what you want because there is so much pleasure in enjoying the dream, in the dream, the daydreaming is so much fun because when we think about it, we create those positive feelings and that feels good in the moment. And one of my teachers says it's like placing your order with the cosmic waitress. It's like, this is what I'll have, please. And we place our order and then we just expect that it's going to come. And just like we do when we order food at a restaurant. And when you order food at a restaurant, you don't just say, bring me food, I'm hungry. You say, I would like the salmon, please. And this is the same thing, like get super specific with what you want. Step two is write it down, write it down, make it real, put pen to paper. And this is something that I, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast where I did this in the past when I manifested something where every single day I would just do some journaling and use my imagination to just brainstorm what that would look like. If that dream turned into reality, what would that look like, feel like, be like, and enjoy that, enjoy that process of the daydreaming, of the brainstorming, of just letting your imagination run wild. Step three is 
visualizing there's two things that you visualize i think one is visualizing the end result when it is done and picture picturing that dream as if it's happening in this moment what does it feel like what does it look like who's with you what are you wearing where are you living and and really just using your imagination in a constructive productive way this is when we're thinking about worst case scenario we're also imagining something that isn't true, that it hasn't happened, but it usually doesn't feel very good. So this is a way that we can use our imagination in a way that feels good and having a visceral experience of that in this moment. Step four is deciding it is done. And this is what quantum physics is all about. When you have a thought, when you can see something in your mind, there is an alternate universe where it's it exists. And I like to think of it as the end of the movie. If your dream was from this starting point is the beginning of the movie, and when you achieve the dream, it's the end of the movie, you're, you're really living the end of the movie. And then it's just about getting really curious about how did, how did I get there? What were all the different obstacles and challenges and setbacks along the way and just like a good movie there are plots plot twists and turns and that's just part of the adventure it doesn't have to be a problem we don't have to make it mean that it's not going to happen we're not going to get there we don't have what it takes it's not possible so recognizing that because i have the dream it is a reality and choosing to fuel that belief deciding and giving yourself permission to believe something when you have zero evidence for it. And this can be super challenging for us because it's hard for us to believe something that we don't have evidence for. And our brain kind of resists that. Our brain likes to feel like it, we like our ego likes to feel like it's right and it knows. So when you're entertaining something that you don't know, you're, we have a, we have a, our brain has a little bit of a problem with that. So it's really just continuing to fuel the desire and look for evidence that you are like, this is possible, that you are on your way, that it is coming, that it is here. Step five is through the process, being able to notice when your brain tries to get in the way, which it absolutely 100% will because of the uncertainty of moving towards something you've never achieved before. Your brain, your primitive brain specifically, does not like change, does not like uncertainty, does not like anything that's different, anything unfamiliar or uncomfortable. So whenever we put ourselves in new situations where we're going after something new, our brain tries very hard to keep us in the comfort zone of the cave and pull us back into old patterns. And this is where our self-awareness is so critical. We have to be so self-observant and notice when we are falling into the old way of being and moving, not moving towards what we want, but moving away and back into our comfort zone. Number six is being able to Allow your brain to have objections and allow all those obstacle thoughts to come up so that you can question them. 
And fears and worries are part of the process. Of course, we're going to have doubt. That means you're doing it right. And if we don't actually have the courage to look at these fears and doubts and worries, then we can't actually figure out anything from them. We don't, it, it, it becomes this kind of like vague cloud in our way versus actually investigating, getting curious, like, okay, let's just go there. Let's go to that fear and see what's there. Why is it there? What can I learn from it? What is it trying to tell me? Is it something that I need to address or is it just completely unfounded and I don't even need to give it any more attention? But it's not being, and this is where I have kind of gotten in my own way before is I, I fear my own fears or I, I fear my own mental objections because I don't want to look at them because I don't want them to get in the way of what I want. But that inner battle doesn't have to be a problem. It can just be there as, first of all, because we are human and that's what our brain does whenever we're doing something new. And we can also just see why things are coming, why certain fears and doubts are coming up for us so we can learn more about ourselves. And the more we can see some of these mental patterns, the more we can catch them. Number seven is to continuously find evidence that you are making progress. And this is about acknowledging progress and celebrating wins and taking the perspective that what you're doing is working. Look for proof. And this is really about focusing on the good and savoring and taking in and living in and having the progress. Because if we continuously look for what we're missing, how we're falling short, how we're not there yet, what's not working, we will just continue to perpetuate that. And when we focus on the wins and the progress, that creates hope, that creates confidence. Number eight is being in gratitude ahead of time, meaning can you be grateful for what you want before you have it? And it's creating positive expectation. And when we don't do this, we think that we're going to be happy or we're going to feel differently when we get there. And the irony and the kind of backwards way of thinking about it is we need to feel gratitude and happiness now. And this is how you need to start the process, not what you get at the end of the process. Because if we think it's just going to be better at the end, then the whole journey to getting there is going to suck. So we want to enjoy the journey. And that's so much of what the pleasure project is for me is really focusing on pleasure of the process. Number nine is really looking at your environment and using your environment to support you. That means surrounding yourself with images, people, input, pictures that remind you of where you're going versus who you've been in the past. And architecting your environment is one of the most effective ways we can create change for ourselves because our environment is constantly triggering thoughts, behaviors that are mostly unconscious. So when we can use our environment to trigger us in positive ways, remind us, and this is where like sticky notes of 
thoughts that you want to think or reminders you want to have is so good. Like you can put it as a screenshot on your phone or on the backdrop of your computer, different way, places where you look often that remind you where to focus. And then the last one is all about taking inspired action. So when you focus on what you want, when you decide on a desired outcome you're going to create, then it's about being open. And this is this is honestly the part that I struggle with is I like to know what I'm doing ahead of time. I like to have the action plan in the very beginning. And so I can feel that sense of like, okay, I know the how. But the thing is, we never really know the how until the end, until we actually get the thing. And then we can say how we got there. But until that point, we don't know. We can just try things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work. But inspired action is about allowing the ideas to be intuitive. It's like not starting with an action plan, which for me is extremely hard, but it's allowing yourself to be guided intuitively as you start to think about the process, you will have ideas of actions to take. And it's about acting on those ideas and not just pushing them away. And the more you act on ideas, the more ideas, ideas will come. And it is a very organic process. So I that is something that I'm going to be really trying to focus on in the months ahead for this next phase of my business and, and trying not to kind of plan everything out ahead of time, which I know is gonna be the hardest part. So I hope this is helpful, how to really create your best case scenario. And I think the most important thing here is just to notice when you are spending too much time in worst case scenario, because when we do, that's what create creates fear, worry, doubt, and we don't take action when we're in fear, worry, and doubt. And when you go to best case scenario, that will fuel the actions that will move you towards that. So if there is something that you want to create in your own life, you want support, you want guidance, you want coaching, reach out to me on Instagram at Donna Scoland, and I'd love to talk to you. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.